Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. We um, are in a series called How to Escape the Ordinary Life. And uh, what I want to know is this. I want to know... How many of you have had the stress dream, the one where you show up to your college class and you realize today is the day that there's a final? Like, how did I not know that today the teacher was giving the final, right? Like you show up for something and you're like, I had no idea. Like, I still have these dreams where I'm like, I didn't even know I was in college. I'm in college and there's a final today. Kevin and I often share with each other the dreams where one of us is preaching. I have this all the time. And it's just like, I, I didn't know I was on today. I have no notes. I'm not ready. Like I can't find anything. I had used to have all these dreams. I was a runner and I'd have all these dreams that I would again, show up at the race. and I didn't know where the course was and I wasn't prepared. Come on. Are you with me? Like who's had the stress dream somewhere along, right? Mary told me the other day, we were talking like first thing in the morning. She's like, Oh, I just had a dream that I showed up at church and I was supposed to preach and teach Sunday school. And I didn't know I was on for either. Like it was like a double whammy, you know, like she's like, I am so, she's like, I know how you feel now. I know how you feel. But here's the deal. This hits something deep inside of us, a deep desire in all of us. And it is a desire to be prepared, right? It is a desire to show up uh, ready for whatever life may throw at us that we all have this deep in our hearts where we just don't want to be caught off guard for anything, right? Like we don't. This is why we uh, start doing all we can do now for the future. It's why we take calcium for our future bones, right? It's, uh, it's, it's why we are obsessed with the weather app. It's why we get our kids in good schools or we homeschool. We think about these things. It's why we save for retirement. For some of us, it's why we work out, right? Is that we just want to be ready for the future. And even with this lean and, and, and these things that we do today, the truth is, is that none of us know what the future holds, do we? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with AI and Bitcoin and world powers and political division. We just don't know. And we really want to be ready, but we can't, none of us can really know what the future holds. So here is this tension. What do we do in this tension with this deep desire to be prepared, to show up ready for the final that's coming, but the inability to know what is ahead, right? What do we do in this tension? And I believe the world is absolutely crying out for help right here. So this is what I want to do today. I want us to look at, I want us to look at what can we do? What does God uh, provide so we can be ready for an unknown future? And I want us to know what God did with a guy that we might know uh, in the Old Testament. (laughs) That just like us, he had no idea what was ahead in the future, right? No idea what was ahead in the future, but God, God got him ready for what was ahead. He was the one guy, the one guy who was ready for the rain, wasn't he? So I want to look at his life and learn from his preparation for our lives today. That's my goal. What can we learn to be prepared for what's ahead in our lives today? So I want us to get, dive into Noah's story here. And his story starts in Genesis 6. And I'm going to read a little bit of it. It should be on the screen behind me. Here we go. The Lord saw, this is Genesis 6, 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart 
was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth, the human race that I have created. And with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. Okay, I want to pause this story here. So here we are. Human race had spiraled out of control into the depths of wickedness and evil and sin. And it says this little bit, I I think you caught it, that every inclination of the human heart was only evil all the time. Wow, that is a strong statement. There is no, like, you know, room for interpretation here. It was really, really bad. Evil, darkness, and humanity. And it had hit this tipping point. Now, up to this point, there had been sin. There had been um, evil. There had been things that grieve God's heart. But now we hit this tipping point in history of humanity where it is so, so, so bad. And up to, uh, and, and now at this moment where uh, all humanity is just consumed in evil, uh, God, his response is that he regretted making humans. He, re- he regretted creation. He regretted what he had, uh, had breathed into the earth and all of this and all this scenario, but Noah, but Noah, there is one light found shining brightly in the midst of the darkness. There is one man who walked, who lived differently in all of this evil. So how, how did, how did Noah, how was he able to step outside of this consuming darkness that was all around him? We we don't know much. We don't know much, but we do know a few things. And I want to say that the few things we know are significant. And here's the first thing. Verse nine tells us that he walked with God. That he had this agreement. We know that if you walk with someone, we know from another scripture that if you walk with someone, you have agreement with them. And that he he lived in step with God. And as he lived in step with God, he lived out of step with the ways around him, the world, the culture around him, right? He was in step with God. And he walked with God in agreement and friendship and all that walking. They were close enough that Noah could hear what was coming in the future. He could catch God's plans. He could catch what was happening around him. They were close enough that, and as he unplugged from the culture, as he unplugged from the noise of the world, he could hear what God was up to. And here's what God reveals to him in all this walking. Verse 13 says this. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you're to build it. And he gives them, then he goes through all the instructions, all the specifics of how to build this. And I want to skip down to verse 22. And it says this, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And this isn't just like a nice way to finish this bit of the story. This is a really important little bit of information. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Another version says Noah followed completely. And I hope that this little scripture, this verse 22 gets kind of lodged in our spirit. A man who did everything that God said completely all the way, just as God told him. And I want us to pause around this little sentence and get a little more context for what this means, that he followed completely. He did everything as God had said. Let's just look at this whole context. God is making this request of Noah, make an ark. 
because it's going to rain. And I want us to just take a second and slow down that this, that, that, those, that bit of information about the future to Noah, it made no sense in his present moment. That up to this point, there had been no such thing as rain on the earth. There were no reports from, from, uh, you know, uh, weather people, meteorologists. There was no report saying, listen, a big storm is coming. No one is like saying, Hey, world, we have to get ready for this, right? There were no, there was no, no experts were, are telling, uh, the world to get ready for this storm. God's plans for good in this moment, they were nothing but strange to Noah. And it would be like, it would be like someone, um, right in our day, 2022, uh, talking to someone in like 1920 and describing our, uh, our phone technology, describing what was coming in an iPhone, right? And it would be like someone saying, listen, here's what's going to happen in about a hundred years. And in this day in 1920, their phone was this, this candlestick phone. Now this had to stay in one spot in the house, right? And only, honestly, only about 35% of homes in 1920 had one of these gadgets. And you most, for the most part, you actually had to call the operator and get them to connect you to someone if they were free, if they were available, right? And a lot of times the operator could listen in even on that conversation, and now this is the only context in 1920 that people have for a phone. But in 2020, try, could you imagine trying to describe your iPhone? Like, hey, everyone, yeah, your seven-year-old, everyone will have one of these in their pocket. And uh, this thing, actually, you can make a FaceTime call on this thing. And you can call someone and you can chat with them on video. Kevin said I should have someone FaceTime. I'm like, I can't time that. Like the stress of, but yes, imagine with me a FaceTime call, right? Like a video, someone talking to me, me talking to them, like, and on this thing, hey, you can download an app called Netflix and, uh, you can, uh, watch hours and hours of Formula One racing on it. And you can, uh, do, use Amazon and order things from this computer that's in your pocket. That's a phone. And you can have your toilet paper delivered to your front door tomorrow. Like, can you imagine trying to explain that to someone who's like, this is a phone. This is all we have, right? Well, that is about what this moment where God's talking to Noah and telling him about this rain that's coming, a flood, an ark that you have to be ready, wiping out human race, right? It is that strange. Because in Noah's uh, perspective, in his mindset, everything on the earth was so dry and so permanent right? Like nothing's going anywhere, right? Like that was what he, as he's hearing this instructions is going through that filter. But Noah obeyed God completely despite that, right? Even though this concept of rain made no logical sense, Noah got to work. And I think he got to work immediately and he got to work completely. As God said, he got his tools and he headed for the forest to start chopping down the cypress trees to get the wood. And we um, know from a little bit of uh, putting things together in Genesis, a little mathing that it was about a hundred years based on the ages of some of the kids, a hundred years between when God said, I want you to build this ark. And when that rain started coming, a hundred years of building, a hundred years of chopping down work. I mean, chopping down wood and making, uh, you know, planks and hammering things together. Guys, it was a hundred years. And let me just tell you, this was not glorious or exciting or rewarding work day in and day out for a hundred years, a hundred years. 
And here's what was required of Noah to be prepared for the future that God just told him was coming. Here's what was required. Obedience day after day for a long time. Obedience day after day, a hundred years of following through without a single raindrop guys, a hundred years of effort without fulfillment, a hundred years of obeying and waiting and working and building and all the time guys building under blue skies Building under cloudless skies in the midst of, of ridicule and ire. What point would I have dropped the tools and walked off the job? Like based on some hard evidence from my life, I don't know. Guys, I don't know if I would have completed the ark. I don't know if I would have been completely ready for my protection and salvation for me and my family on that day. Based on, you know, the way that I'm like, oh, maybe something over here is a little more exciting. Maybe God actually meant this instead of an ark. Maybe he meant this, right? Like, I just wonder, would we have finished the project? Would we have followed completely like Noah did? I can see this story and I can see how Noah, just small actions of obedience on his part, faithful actions and follow up. They, they add up in the end to an ark that provided salvation for not only him, but for him and his family, right? He was ready on that day. And I, and I was thinking about this and I just, I, again, putting myself in it. I'm like, man, I know that that ark, it made no sense to Noah on day one. It just, it made no sense when he is faithfully out in that forest chopping down trees, right? It made no sense maybe 50 years in when two of the four stories were completed. And I just wonder, even as he's like loading the animals into the ark, the sloths and the porcupines, like, did it even make any sense on that day? But here's the deal, you guys. One day when the rain started and the rain starts covering the roofs of the house. And one day when that ark started floating, And one day when he looked out over a rainbow filled sky, one day when it's him and his family coming off the ark only in that day, was he able to look back over his shoulder and go, God, now I get it. Now I get that what you said, now I get that these instructions, now I get why the ark, it all makes sense now, but it couldn't in that present moment, right? It couldn't until that day that it was completed and it was fulfilled and he could look back and say, now, God, now I get it. Now I understand why these instructions. Now I understand why I had to do what you asked me to do faithfully day in and day out, day in and day out. He understood only looking back why all those days of obedience, why he needed to do it that way. And here's the deal, guys. Since we like Noah, have no idea either what the future that God sees. We have, we have no idea the future God sees. We should have no other plan than his. That's what I'm asking of us, of us, guys. I'm asking that we pick up this playbook that we get from Noah and we make this playbook a priority in our lives. And I want to give you two, two, just two plays from this playbook that I think we need to focus in on and commit to and re-up in our day. And the first one is this, is that we need to commit to walking with God. Commit to walking with God this first. Guys, relationship first. Here's the deal. People, uh, I think it's really hard for us to obey a God that we don't know in friendship. 
I think it's really hard to obey a God that we don't really know his nature. We don't really know that, that he is for us, that he is a God who, who has our good in mind, that he is a God that is, uh, that operates in blessing, that he has plans for us, that he longs to gather us, that first and foremost, his nature is merciful and it is kind and it overflows in, in goodness, that our cup actually overflows. Like this is the approach that we take with our young adult kids. When we talk about living in the ways of God, we always come back to the fact that because he is for you, because he is a God of blessing, he puts these things in place that we live in relationship with him and then we are, we can follow, right? Long haul obedience is not going to work if you don't have relationship with God. That we need to let our love, we need to let love, that, that first commandment is a first commandment for a reason. That we love him with our everything and his love is everything to us. And in the context of friendship in love, then obedience, it makes a way for obedience, doesn't it? That's why Jesus was so fierce with the Pharisees, right? He was so fierce with them because they were a people who represented rules outside of relationship. He said to them, you know, you're good on the outside, but inside your heart is far from me. I don't have your heart. They honor me with their lips. This is what he's saying about the Pharisees. But their hearts are far from me. They've withdrawn their hearts. They've withdrawn relationship. They worship me in vain. In fact, their teachings are but rules taught by men. That's not going to build into our future, is it? It's not going to get us where we need to be, where God is taking us, what he sees, the plans that he is unfolding. And so I just want to ask, where are you right now? How's your walk with God? How's your walk with him? How's your friendship with God first? Is it easier? Is it, honestly, you, you just show up and like, God, just give me the checklist. I just want to know what I need to do for you. Or all along, he's like drawing, like Nathan was saying this morning in worship, he's drawing us. He just wants that time and that space with us, that time and space to talk, that time and space for friendship where his love becomes everything and our love for him becomes everything, right? How is your walk? How is your walk? Do you know him like a friend that he is to you? This is where we want to grow in awareness. This is where we really want to sow into, guys, friendship, friendship. Coming before him and saying, God, here I am. I just want to know you. Here I am for friendship. That's the first thing. And the second thing is this. We commit to walking with God. And the second thing that we do is we obey based on what God has said. We obey based on what he has said. And we obey quickly. We obey completely. We follow through totally like Noah did. He obeyed completely down to the detail same for us. Obedience in our lives is based on God's wisdom and, and command and what he has revealed in his scripture alone. Not based, guys, not based on what the sky out there looks like, right? And this is the temptation to run it through our filter, to run it through our opinions, to run it through what we think uh, God, God meant of this, this command or this instruction. It's so easy to, to run things through the filter of like opinions or what we see other people doing and what their life looks like and what their, you know, worship or their relationship with God looks like. What I'm asking us to do is to, to not think about like, well, how wise do I think that will be? And that is the pull not based on what we think we can even just get away with, right? We don't obey um, just the parts of God's ways that seem logical or convenient or fit our personalities or our lifestyles. We don't. We can't do that. We don't obey uh, God uh, based on, again, like uh, my opinion of do I really think that that's going to happen or not? 
Here's the lesson from Noah. Future preparation never makes sense in the present. It doesn't. It can't. We can't see and we don't know. And so I want us to just to, to see ahead of time. This is it. Like, I want to remind us ahead of time. I want to tell you ahead of time. God is building something in your lives right now, into your lives right now for your future preparation that won't make sense until you can look back over your shoulder. I promise you, I see this so clear in the story of Noah, what he's doing, what he's building in your, your life. I believe it's like an archetype substance with an archetype uh, uh, impact and an archetype possibility, but it won't make sense. It will not make sense until you look back one day and you go, that's what you were doing in that season. That's what you were doing when you asked me to do this. This is what you were doing in this time when I was home with my kids or I was faithful on my job or I showed up again to that counseling appointment, right? What God is building, the, his plans have not hit your imagination yet. They haven't. They are outside of your imagination. This is what 1 Corinthians 2.9 tells us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We will be blown away like an ark floating on the waters in the storm. We will be blown away by what God has done. And I know, here's the thing. I am with you in it. This life feels boring and mundane and it feels ordinary day in, day out. Small acts of obedience, they are not exciting. And I tell you, our culture is pulled towards exciting, isn't it? Like everywhere we look, it's like live exciting, be exciting, do exciting. This is the only worthwhile life. It has to be exciting. And it is counter the ways of God where God says small, He says hidden. He says unseen. He says faithful. This is the life that he is calling us to. And it's going to take focus, church. It is going to take commitment and focus. Because I'm telling you, we're going to want to do something else. We're going to want it to be something else. We're going to demand that it be something else. I, I live this. I do. I do. But I look across scripture and I see not just an ark, but I see a carpenter who showed up on this earth in humility and in service through a virgin Mary, a teenage daughter. And I see this one man who says, I am building a kingdom that no one will understand until we all look back over our shoulder and then it will all come together. And we've got pieces of the story, don't we guys? We got pieces on the story. We got breadcrumbs. We got enough to keep us going because we can see what Jesus did and we can hear how he said it's different than the world. And we can see, yeah, that was surprising. Nobody understood that. Nobody got that, right? We get pieces, but we don't have it all yet. And that's hard for us as people. We want it all. We want to understand it all before we commit. So here's the deal. Please don't grow discouraged. In a small, obedient building. Please don't get discouraged. This is where it is at. And I promise you, you will question, is anything happening? Is anything happening? Do these small actions really matter? How productive is, is following Jesus? How productive is getting in my scripture? How, how productive is it to show up and worship again? Day by day, obedience day-by-day obedience. And I want us to find comfort in this truth that Noah obeyed without the payoff for a really, really long time, not even one drop of rain. Same with us, guys. Same with us. Some of us are, are obeying without the fruit and it feels long and it feels hopeless. The waiting feels hopeless. I mean, how many of you guys are questioning, like, is this getting anywhere, God? Is my prayer 
doing anything? Is this sowing? You know, I'm, I'm showing up, God, I'm showing up for this person. I'm showing up for discipleship. Is it getting us anywhere? It's so easy to wonder. Some of us, I, I, I know some of us are praying for our kids. Um, maybe they're young or maybe kids that aren't choosing Jesus. And we look at, I, this is sometimes what I do. I look at the work that needs to be done. And I'm like, this, it, it needs like, it needs a 10. And my prayer feels like a one. Like really, God, this is the method for the results that I need here. Like this prayer, like, come on, it's got to be more than that, right? Some of us, I know that we are, we're showing up for our Thrive group week after week, week after week. And the breakthrough hasn't come yet. And we're like, come on, God, I I thought you were going to bring this breakthrough, this healing, this restoration. I thought you were going to help me get over this battle that I'm still fighting. Where is it? Some of us are doing the like, you know, God, you said, just don't stop meeting together. So I'm meeting together and we're showing up. And some of us have been making time for God. I hear this from people so often, like I'm trying to hear, but nothing's coming, right? Nothing's coming. Guys, there are a lot of days where I just like, God, I'm just here and I'm sowing into your presence and I don't feel like anything's happening, but here I am. Here I am again with my open journal and my ear turned towards you. So, so go ahead, right? And sometimes what I get is it, it, it's like a little whisper, right? It's a little whisper, but I'm showing up because I know that these things will sow into something in the future, right? So here's the deal, guys. Here's what I'm asking us to not run the ark instructions through our own filter. Please, please. Has God provided instructions um, for something that, that maybe you've, you've been like, well, I haven't followed completely. I haven't followed completely like Noah. I feel like he's reminding us this morning. I, I saw, uh, how many of you guys, Amazon Prime Days, Amazon Prime Days, right? Well, I bought the ice cream maker because someone put like, don't walk, run. And I did. I ran to get, right? Like, and I think this is what God is saying. I hear him saying with obedience, don't walk, run. Molly, you can do it for an ice cream maker. You can make, you know, you can move quickly on that. Move quickly into prayer. Move quickly into rejoice. Move quickly into give thanks, right? Move quickly. When God says, you know what? So into that person, so into their life, buy their coffee, you know, support that missionary. Guys, I start doing math in my head too. Run. Let's obey quickly. Let's obey completely. Let's do these things. And I wanted to just put a couple areas before us, uh, maybe some things that we struggle to obey completely. And I just want us to say, which of these things, which of these things is God maybe bringing back to the surface of your life today? Here are a couple. Heal the sick. Forgive as God forgives you. How many of us go, I can go part of the way with that, but not all the way with this person, right? Do I want to preach the word or do I want to tell stories? He says, preach the word. That's for all of us. Preach the word. You've got people around you that you need to just, that just tell them what God says. Just remind them of the scripture. Just say it over them, right? How many of us, do we, do you have enough, uh, do you have enough evidence to hope? We're supposed to hope. We're supposed to give thanks in all things, right? We're supposed to rejoice. And a lot of times I'm like, do I have anything in my circumstances that I could praise you for? This is not, it's not how it works. We praise anyways. We praise beforehand. What about telling the truth? Leviticus 19.11 says, you shall not steal nor deal false, falsely nor lie to one another. I wonder how many of us, it's just easy to kind of be kind of truthful, right? To not go all the way with truthful. How many of us, it's easy to kind of maybe take things that we think we deserve from places. Uh, I know I was recently convicted by my husband and the Lord. Um, 
we do this Panera Sip Club and for a while, it's like unlimited drinks. And so I would take, I'd get there and I'd take one out to my car and then I would sit down and have one. And Kevin was like, two? I'm like, it's unlimited. And the Lord was like, one Molly, like, you know, don't take one and put it in your car. Like that's taking more than there, that the system. I'm like, we can work this system, right? Like, how, and so I felt convicted. I'm like, okay, now I, I just do one. I don't take one t- in my car and one for, for there, right? Like how many of us were, it's just like these things. We just, we thought that it was meh, okay. Guys, fast and pray, fast and pray. That's a command. Jesus assumed us that we would do that. If his followers would do it. All right, that's, is that enough list? Is that enough? Okay, so where, where are these things? Do we need to pick up the tools again? Where have we set them down? Where do we need to blow some dust off the blueprints that God has given us? And say, you know what, God, even though I don't like this, even though this might be costly to me, even though I don't necessarily, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, you said it, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it completely. I'm going to give myself to build the life that you have called me to build because you alone see what's coming. And for some of us, again, the waiting seems really long. It seems really long. And you're beginning to question, are you really, God, are you really going to do this? Is this really going to come through? And I want to encourage you today that, listen, obedience feels long and it feels slow and it feels mundane. And I am with you in that. But can you keep on? I want to ask you to keep on. I want you to get some hope from Noah's story that, again, it didn't make sense until the end. And we just keep on. We live by faith. We build by faith. It is an obedient life that God has called us to, that we will follow his instructions quickly and completely. All right. So I want us, guys, I do. I want us to be the the one guy who is ready for the rain. We know, we know that. Just like, you know, Jesus tells us in Matthew that it was the end times when Jesus came back. It was like the days of Noah where no one had any idea based on what was going on. People were still marrying and giving marriage. They had no idea that God was going to do what he said, right? So I want us to be ready. I want us to be a church that's ready. So why don't we stand up and I'll pray over us. All right. So why don't we just just open up our our hearts and our lives and surrender and I do hear God calling just this friendship call over us that um, God wants to he wants to know you like a friend and he wants you to know him like the friend he is. And Jesus said, I can hear him saying, I've called you friend. I've called you friend. Put aside the, the unworthiness and put aside the confusion about what that even means or your definitions of what it means. Some of us just need to say, God, what did you mean by that? I want to know what you meant by that. What does friendship look like from your perspective? I just sense God putting his hand on um, there's just even been some like lonely places in some of our hearts and I sense God just filling that even now reassuring reassuring you I just want to walk with you he's just saying I want to walk with you 
And when I, that's when I have an ongoing conversation. I care about the details. Friends care about the details. You, might, you know, sometimes with friends, you just get to tell them things that are, again, just, you know, seem silly or seem unimportant. But God's like, man, that's just, that's exactly what I'm longing for. So we take off all the religious expectations that we've put on you, God. And we just say, here, here we are. We want to walk with you. We want to be friends with you. We want to catch what you're saying. And then secondly, guys, I do feel like as the days get long and dark, that God in his kindness is saying, listen, I've got, I've got good plans. Would you, will you obey me? Will you obey me as we walk together? Those things where maybe we've been cutting corners or we've been thinking, I don't really think that's for me or I don't think that's really important or making it um, almost like excuses for some of our situations of why not us. Where today we're just saying, you know what, God, we want to follow completely everything you said, everything you've asked of us, the callings that we've heard, the invitations 